into the Roto World Basketball Show. As always, it's Vaughn Delzell and Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports and Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports. Today is a big day, gentlemen, not only because it's the game of the year between the Pistons and the Spurs. Uh, we have a lot of things that have been happening, injury news, contract news. And uh, first, first thing is first, your boy was right. Go blue. Yep. What did yep. I say? You, you, uh, you I were right. I spent six Don't hours go against Vaughn and the, the bets, man. College football, that's your bag, man. You got it. <laughs> man, I mean, between me, Brad, and Eric, we made over 80 units this season in college football, most profitable college football yes. show in the country. Um, but I spent six hours today doing restraining training, all right? All wrestling moves and holds uh, because I work at a juvenile detention center. And you know what? Michael Penix definitely is more sore than me. Entering tomorrow <laughs> and today. That's all I want to say. But uh, a lot of news happening, gentlemen. Uh, I'm not the only one getting paid out here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Kawhi Leonard got his payday too, Raphael. Big contract extension in Los Angeles. Uh, what's the make of Kawhi the claw? I don't think this impacts much in fantasy. Um, he's an elite fantasy player regardless of where he's playing. I think, if anything, it's about the stability of the franchise. You know, They're moving into their own arena next season. They're a clear title contender based on how they've played since adding James Harden. Um, now there are reports that they could be work, working on something with Paul George, kind of lock him up for the foreseeable future. So I think if anything, you're just looking at the stability that they've got with the Clippers. And that's something we haven't been able to say about that franchise very often in, in its existence. So <laughs> That's a true point. You won't hear me saying many good things about them in uh, general, but three years, 152.4 million. That's a good decision. Uh, with Kawhi Leonard. Dan, what's your thoughts on the situation? Uh, happy for Kawhi? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I'm more happy from a fantasy perspective that he's actually playing in games. And so mm -hmm. um, I think just locking him up makes the most sense the way that they're playing with James Harden now. Um, as Raph alluded to, they're already working on a deal reportedly with Paul George. So I think they're just trying to secure this core as long as they can. Um, it's, it's actually one of the big threes that could work. I don't know. It, this I'm usually against that, but it seems like these three, with Ty Lue as their head coach, who's been you know coaching circles around people this year, um, this is definitely something that they want to keep around. And let's see what this team can actually do in the playoffs, because I don't think anyone ever questioned whether they could win in the regular season. It's about the postseason. So I think this just raises their floor a little bit, locking in Kawhi, potentially PG, and then Harden, I'm sure, will get his contract too. Yeah, oddly enough, Dan, this uh, as of right now, 32 games into this season, this is the most minutes per game Kawhi Leonard has played uh, in his career. He's never averaged more than 34.1 minutes per game. He's at 34.5 right now. Who's old? Not Kawhi Leonard, not at 32 years old. He's still getting the bag and playing well, 23 points per game uh, this season, right? What he averaged last year, along with six rebounds and three assists. So, uh, yeah, I think all across the board, great decision from Los Angeles. They always got more comfortable once James Harden uh, played a couple games with them. The offense found themselves. Uh, but, gentlemen, let's stay on the West Conference talk about Memphis because I had to throw away my MVP ticket. Uh, John Morant wasn't eligible, but now he's not even playing. Uh, dude is out for the season, shoulder injury. We also got, you know, Jaron Jackson, Santi Aldama. They're all injured as well. What are we looking at with Memphis now and how do we approach this, Dan? I'll start with you. Um, yeah, this is uh, looking like a bloodbath, man. It's just unfortunate for the Grizzlies. I mean, you get job back for nine games and then torn labor room. Um, and it's funny because we met, I mentioned on this show, I was like, is he a sell high when he was going off? But I was only 
basing that off of the fact that he's known he's known to miss games and he's typically like a top 70 guy but that wasn't a victory lap by any means no one expected this to happen mm -hmm. um but i think it's more concerning also marcus smart left with a finger injury he's going to be getting an mri this team's going through it so i'd be looking at xavier tillman um he came off the bench had 28 minutes had a double double with two blocks in his in his last outing so with santi aldama out and bismack biombo just being regular i, I think you could give Xavier Tillman a look in deeper leagues, but I think more staying power is probably for Vince Williams Jr. Um, I think he's going to continue to be a fixture of this rotation now. Um, shout out to Noah Rubin also with NBC Sports and Roto World. He he compared him to Herb Jones, and I was like, I don't. I, I think it's actually interesting just because he's a good defender and he's left-handed, so that's probably the comparison why he saw that. But uh, he actually does a little bit more stat stuffy, man. Um, he had a, a he's coming off a game where he had 19 points, six boards, six assists. He can fill up the stat sheet. So with Jaw gone and potentially Marcus Smart missing some games with that finger injury, they could actually see Vince Williams uh, come on a little bit here for fantasy manager. So, but that that's just from a waiver perspective. Desmond Bain's going to go off, and we'll see what happens with Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, Bain coming off a thirty-two point game against Dallas uh, was the game high there for Memphis and Grizzlies. Raphael have won three straight. Four of the last five games. So these injuries are coming at a terrible time for a team that's starting to kind of find their stride. 14 and 23 on the season. Obviously, give us who to look at, but what would be the better bet here? The Grizzlies to make the playoffs or to finish last in the Western Conference? I think the better bet would be for them to make the playoffs. I don't think they will. I think they can be a play in tournament team, at, but that's on the high end. Like, I think if anything, they're going to finish just outside of there because this doesn't strike me as a team that's going to outright tank. I don't think the players would go for that. Um, so you'd probably have to deal with some real, some serious trickery on the part of the front office and the medical staff to get guys to sit. Like Marcus Smart hit a three pointer with a three pointer with a dislocated finger last night. <laughs> then look down at his hand and say, "Hey, we got a problem here." You know, so I don't <laughs> think they're gonna like tank. But I agree with Dan. I think we're Team Vince over here too. Uh, Vince Williams Jr. is gonna be a huge guy. I think in the short term, Luke Kennard as well. Um, not as valuable as Vince, but the three-pointers can be helpful. Long-term, I would consider Zaire Williams. First-round pick for them. At a certain point, if things go the way that many people assume, they're going to have to see what they have there. He's been with them for a couple seasons now. Can he be someone who, who supplements Ja and Jaron in the future to help them you know, be title contenders once they're all healthy? So I think those three guys are the ones that you want to be looking at, Vince being the priority right now. I was laughing internally the whole time, Raphael, mm -hmm. thinking about Marcus Smart making a three-pointer and looking at his hand yeah. and saying something's wrong. This <laughs> That's is legitimately how I have. <laughs> <laughs> I just made a three. There's something really yeah. wrong with his hand. Uh, but, yeah, not quite the Giannis ring finger after he makes a he makes a layup and one. He looks mm -hmm. at his finger. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> um, I, I agree. I don't think Memphis is quite the team that would like to tank. They're a very competitive unit, and getting Marcus Smart in your team only, you know, uh, definitely made that more of a factor and mm -hmm. them being a much tougher team. Uh, not as tough as the Detroit Pistons, of course, gentlemen, uh, who take on the Spurs tonight, right? Uh, but Kate Cunningham, he's out. What are we looking at for the Pistons-Spurs game? Are there any pickups tonight, Raphael? And uh, Keldon Johnson, 20-piece McNugget tonight, right? Come on, give it to me. Yeah, Man, I, I don't know. This is one of those. <laughs> like, I don't just, know. I can go there. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Then. Can't trust it. 
He's off the bench. He's been valuable off the bench. Um, so it hasn't like totally killed his fantasy value. So I guess you take some solace in that if you have him rostered. But man, like this, these teams are just so bad. Like I think in the case of the Pistons, you can't pick up Killian Hayes because he really doesn't do anything out there. Um, I'd love to know why Alsar Thompson isn't hitting the high 20s in minutes. Like it's it's inexcusable at this point. Um, the the losing streak is over. Isaiah Livers has his moments, but you're comparing a lottery pick to a guy who I think used second round a second rounder at best yeah. when they added him. So it's like, how the hell are you not trying to figure out what you have in your lottery pick at this point in the season? Um, Alec Burks has played well, but he's someone that at best you have him out there to have him in a proverbial shop window ahead of the trade deadline, see if you can get some more assets or whatnot that way. Because, yeah, why some of these old dudes, I know they have to play too, but it's like, it's, you're not going anywhere. You know, let, let these young guys play, see what you have. Maybe they're just waiting until they hit 10 wins, you know, so they don't have to worry about the all time record, but. <laughs> it, it's matter. brutal man go ahead dan i'm done man. That, that's a, that's a new set of goals Let, let's get let's not be the worst <laughs> team of all time and then yeah. we can play our young guys but i feel i i mean there's probably some some truth to that um yeah. I, I'm, I'm in a couple of different spots with it because like i could see the value in like Jaden ivy is probably not available right now i think he's probably mm-hmm. he stands to benefit the most but this is only like a I think they said Cade Cunningham's going to be reevaluated in seven to ten days, so yes. he's probably going to miss a handful of games. That's not enough for me to like feel super confident about picking up anybody. Um, but if you need somebody in a pinch, I think Alec Burks can give you threes. He said at least three threes in six straight games. He's been in double figures for much of the last uh, six or seven. Um, mm. But I would be. I'm playing this like Asar Thompson. Like I was just setting on another podcast. I was like. If Detroit continues down this path, you just lose your best player. Isaiah Stewart was your best defender, and he's out. You're just going to continue to lose. So at this point, if you're a fantasy manager, I would be looking into people like Asar Thompson because I think yeah. it's going to come to a point where people are going to get so frustrated with his lack of minutes that they're going to drop him. He's down to 45% now. I said in a couple of leagues in, that I'm in with 12-team leagues, he was dropped. If you're a contending team, I'd pick him up because there's going to be a certain point where this the levy is going to break. And they're just mm-hmm. going to have to play these young guys. So um, I'm, I'm playing the I'm playing the, the waiting game, the patient game for a star time. So I think it's going to be his time. We saw what he could do in the beginning of the season when he actually got minutes. Um, now we just hope that Detroit stops lying to us all and saying that they're going to be sellers. They're not going to be sellers at the mark at the mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. Like, bro, what is your options? You have Boyan yeah. who's balling ridiculously. Yeah. You have somebody that's Alec Burks that can you know, give you valuable minutes for a contending team. Like, just get rid of these guys. They don't want to be there. Like, even last night, dude, they dropped, like, what, 50 points in the first quarter, and then they wound up just absolutely getting trounced the rest of the game. Like, just stop it. We we don't believe you. We need more people. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Those two names in specific are guys that need traded ASAP for Detroit. But, uh, yeah, the Pistons are, have been the kings, literally, of the first quarter over the last four or five, six games. Like, they come out on fire – then they're like, all right, we did what we had to do. Uh, but Isaiah Livers, something Raphael said, I, I agree 100%. Third-year player, 25 years old, 42nd overall pick in the second round, has never given you more than 20 minutes per game outside of one season, uh, and that's when everybody was injured. I think it's pretty much time to move on from guys like that. 
especially when he's shooting a career low 27% in his most uh, minutes played. So, yeah, move on from that. Get us all right. Who co-signed him? Because, like, I mean, he's all right. There's got to be like, someone not... from the Michigan coaching staff on the Pistons coaching staff now. It has to be, dude. Like, because there's like he's not that critical of a player that you're like, I need to get you minutes. Like, I yeah. need to see more of you. Like, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, that train has left the station, and it was years ago. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, though, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, man, it's at a terrible time. Uh, he gets injured, he's got a hamstring injury. So now we're looking at uh, TJ Prada McConnell, my guy, or Andrew Nebhard, who's been a hot, hot pickup, and he's been mentioned a lot in the show. Um, would you prefer one of the other, Raphael, and who else could benefit? Give me TJ McConnell, and that's not the Arizona Wildcat in me speaking here. Um, I think he can be more effective in terms of the assists and the steals. Like he was an absolute pest defensively in the second half of that win over Boston on Monday. I believe he can do that. Even if he's coming off the bench, I think he's going to ultimately be a more valuable player than in, in them hard and fancy. Another name I would have right now is Benedict Matherin, if he's available. Yeah. He's been on fire recently offensively. Coming off the bench, I think he's someone that they're going to need to find the points, some of the points that that um, Halliburton provided in terms of scoring and assisting in some way, shape, or form. You know, Matherin's not much of a passer in terms of setting guys up, but he's going to go get his. I think he's someone else. If he's available, especially in a shallow league, I'd roll the dice on him right now. Yeah, Benedict Matherin, man, has been awesome. I was uh, considering getting in some action on Benedict on the prop market because of the Halle Bird news. Uh, Dan, what's what's your opinion now on the situation? They're on the second night of a back-to-back tonight against the Wizards. Obviously a nice team to continue to play offense and no defense against. Um, yeah, I think Raph said it best, man. I think, obviously, TJ McConnell's the guy that you you prioritize in this situation just based off of his history. Ten games last year without Halliburton in the lineup, 15 points, six boards, eight dimes. Like, you know, you know what you're getting out of out of TJ McConnell. But I would say, you know, he's probably not available in most leagues, 12-team leagues. You know, he's 47% rostered right now. So I would give Nemhard a look. I think it's worth mm-hmm. it. He's under 20% roster right now. And last season, way bigger sample size. You know, this is 24 games without Halliburton last year. He averaged 14.7 dimes and three boards. So he's, as Raf said, like TJ McConnell can still be effective off the bench. But if Nemhard's starting, he's he's worthy in, in deep leagues to add. So, yeah, I think he's a winner here. Um, another player that I feel like is still not getting enough respect is Aaron Neesmith. And I, I love Raf's point of Ben Matherin. Um, he is more rostered. He's like 65% rostered. So you might be able to find him in shallow leagues, but, uh, Nemhard is still under 40% and it doesn't make any sense. Like this dude is a top 80 player over the last month and he continues to just do like everything for the Pacers. Like, even though he's undersized, like he gets you threes, he gets you rebounds, he gets you stocks. He gives you a little bit of everything. So like this dude is, is a guy that I think should be more rostered in, in fantasy leagues right now. So if he's out there on waivers, like pick him up. Um, I think he's going to continue to be a trusted, um, role player for for Rick Carlisle going forward. Absolutely. There's a lot of them in Indiana. And I mean, the offense right now, it's just, there's enough to go around for everybody. Uh, 127 points per game. That is the, would be the NBA single season record if the season was to end today. So Pacers are en route to do that. Um, And they're, you know, playing at top five pace. Last thing I'll add to the conversation, because you guys hit on everything perfectly. Um, I'll say, from a betting perspective now, Hal A. Burton's most improved player odds and MVP odds obviously dropped drastically. Mm-hmm. I would stay away. 
yeah. you know, and now if you're looking at the most improved player market, Tyrese Maxey, Dan's guy, obviously the favorite at minus 200. I would probably take a look at Alperin, Shane Gooner, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes going to get his look uh, second half I of the mean, season. I mean, Scotty seems like a good market to get, especially if Siakam ends up getting traded. Like for, mm -hmm. for the comments that Darko made at the end of the game, uh, he made no mention of Pascal Siakam as being the future cornerstone. That was all Scotty. Scotty getting downhill, not getting his respect. So I don't know. We could see a narrative shift there a little bit. I think Scotty's oh, definitely yeah. earned it from a fantasy perspective. He's probably, you know, he's easily been one of the, the fantasy MVPs this year for sure. Rafael, let me ask you this before we break mm -hmm. Dan's heart in a second here. Um, <laughs> who do you think has a bigger second half of the season, whether it's, you know, just playing fantasy between Shangoon and Barnes? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'm going to go Barnes, just banking on what happens at the trade deadline. Um, you've heard reports about Sacramento being interested in Siakam. Siakam doesn't seem too thrilled with that prospect based on the reports. And he's going to be a free agent. So I think eventually Toronto's just going to have to make a move there since it doesn't seem like they're convinced that he's going to be a cornerstone alongside Scotty Barnes. And I, I believe they're probably going to want to allocate more of their funds towards Emmanuel quickly just to solve that point guard situation and anything. So I think for that reason, I would go Barnes. And also, Houston's been kind of fortunate with injuries. I know they had some guys miss time, most notably Tari Eason. But overall, they've been rather fortunate. So I think as some of the other teams in the West get healthier, Shingun and, and company are going to have a little bit tougher time. But they've been a, a very positive surprise thus far. Yeah, the Rockets definitely have been one of the most surprising teams in the NBA. They kind of cooled off uh, the yeah. past few weeks, but I uh, still uh, doing more than what everyone thought they would be doing with that young core. Um, you know, in other news, I can't believe it, but Joel Embiid's ducking the Hawks. Crazy. Dude's really scared of Clint Capella, Anyaka and Kongwu, Trey Young. That's wild, man. Man, I feel like at this point, like, it, we're just – I'm just counting to 65. Like, because <laughs> I feel like Joel Embiid has to have that number in his mind if he wants to be back-to-back -back MVP. Um, I think this at what nine games now, so he's got eight more left to go. Mm -hmm. um, I'm slightly concerned, but I'm not overly concerned. I think that you know he he's played a lot this season, so like yeah. I'm not surprised that he needs this maintenance, you know, rest period or whatever. I think you could stream Paul Reed. I think on I said earlier in the week that I probably wouldn't stream Paul Reed, but like I was expecting with this long of a hiatus that Sixers have been off for like three days. I expected Embiid to be back. The fact that he isn't, stream Paul Reed for ten, for Wednesday night and see where it goes. You might have to hold on uh, for the remainder of the week because I think there hasn't been too much information about when Embiid will return. He's just not practicing. So until he gets back to the floor, you can't really trust him right now in your lineups. Yeah, 68 and 66 games played the last two seasons for Embiid, so right above that 65-game mark. And Rafael, three straight seasons, 33 or more minutes for Embiid. Looks like it could be a season-high minutes per game for him. Mm -hmm. uh, what to make of this is obviously not a big impact for you? Um, not particularly. I think from a fantasy standpoint, he's a player where if you get 55 to 60 games, that value is going to be on par with what a lot of other guys can give you over the course of like 70 to 75. You know, he's that good. Um, in terms of fan, in terms of possible options, I think in shallow leagues, Kelly Oubre is someone I would consider. 57% rostered. They're going to need to find offense somewhere. They get Tobias Harris back tonight, which will be helpful. But in terms of being able to take the ball and get his own shot, I think Oubre is someone to look at 
you're in a shallow league, you're looking to make up some of that offense loss with Embiid. I think if you don't have Kelly Oubre by this point, you're either your team's too good or you're sleeping, my guy. Uh, he's definitely the third option there in Philly, in my opinion, and should probably be uh, moving forward. Who see? Who knows what happens with Tobias Harris, Dan? But um, can't him. wait to see him beat back. Trade him. Get him yeah. off the team already. It's enough. Well, I've seen hate, enough. It's <laughs> on Tobias, man. I like Tobias. bro. I've been trying to sell him to to the Knicks in the worst way. Like I just feel like give him the reunion. Y'all take him, man. I'm tired. I've seen enough. I'm good. You got OG. We're good. It's been a, it's You're been about a year and a half to two years too long with Tobias Harris in yeah. Philly. Um, you know, even as a man who used to live outside of Philly, Dan, um, I was more excited to go see Seth Curry drop threes than Tobias Harris when I was at the games. Uh, I'll be, I was Curry, probably more excited about Raphael, You don't know what it's like at Wells Fargo when Seth Curry's getting hot. <laughs> you don't know what it's like. And, and I don't think they've ever experienced Tobias getting that hot. So, yeah, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw Seth Curry drop 25 in the first half, and I had him like over 10 and a half points. And I was like, wow, this is my new favorite player. I almost bought a <laughs> Seth Curry Sixers jersey. Um, that was one of Maxie's, yeah, too. Maxie, uh, he was on the uh, he was on the uh, Gilly, the, Gilly the Kid podcast, or Gilly the Kid, Gilly's uh, podcast. And he was saying top five Sixers. He put in Seth Curry. Didn't mention Ben Simmons, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, he had a. Uh, the usual suspects, and then it'll Seth Curry. I'm like, Seth Curry, really? Is that good? Okay. I saw both guys play once in person, and uh, I'm taking Seth Curry. It was way more exciting, baby. I'm in pocket threes. You got to love it. Uh, but, anyways, you know how I feel about Ben Simmons, but you guys know how I feel about Super Wild Card Weekend, right? The NFL, it's a big weekend, right? NBC and Peacock weekend. kicking off the Super Wild Card Weekend with a bang, baby. Our doubleheader on Saturday begins at 3 p.m. Eastern. We're going to lead you guys up to the Browns and Texans game. Then tune into Peacock exclusive matchup between the Dolphins and the Chiefs at Arrowhead at 8 o'clock. We'll wrap up the weekend by bringing you an NFC battle between the Rams and Lions. Two coverage starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Lots of great football. We got our rookie quarterback against Joe Flacco. Got to give the edge to Joe there. Uh, we got the Chiefs at home in the snow. Got to give them the edge, too. And then – off for Stafford, their former teams? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, go find someone else that cares about that game because I'm just going to enjoy and watch, guys. Uh, a lot of injuries, though, uh, to talk about in the NBA. Let's start with the Golden State Warriors, man. Chris Paul, I got a hand injury. Expected to miss between a month and six weeks now. Uh, Draymond Green should be back at some time. We haven't talked about him in a while. Uh, he was actually at training with me this morning, putting some people in some locks. Uh, and you know, everything like that, but uh, Raphael, what do you think about Golden State? Um, I think this kind of forces them to fully trust Brandon Podjemski. Um, he's been in the rotation, but it felt like the minutes kind of fluctuated. Now, you really don't have that option. Um, beyond him, I don't think anyone is excited about Corey Joseph in fantasy basketball. Um, you know, bless his heart for still being an active player, but. That's the most I can say there. You'd hope that Moses Moody gets more consistent minutes, but it feels like the young guys are just having a hard time getting that trust that they need to be in a position to provide that value. Like Jonathan Kaminga, we saw the reports last week. You know, it, it feels like he wants to go. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like he's getting that leeway to make mistakes or what have you. So they're going to have to figure out something. I think. When Draymond comes back, he can be helpful in the assist category just because he's a good supplementary playmaker. Um, so that can help, you know, his value coming back. But 
I don't know. It's Podzemski, but the way that the young guys seem to be handled doesn't really excite me from a fantasy standpoint in terms of expecting someone to kind of jump. Yeah, I was pretty surprised when I saw Kaminga's comments uh, about Steve Kerr and company, but Golden State has been a mess since Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face. Um, no Corey Joseph love from Raphael. That's what happened. Am I lying? No, no. I'm, I, <laughs> You're right. That, I respect the good. fact yeah. that he's still in the league, but I mean, if you have him yeah. on your fantasy roster, like, yeah, no, Corey Joseph, six teams, doing, uh, six <laughs> teams, 2011 he's played on, only one game, one year of uh, double digit points per game. And uh, that was, he played 19 games that year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, Raphael. Uh, Dan, what's your opinions on Golden State? Uh, you hopping on the train too? Uh, I've been on the Brandon Pajemski train, and I think now, as Raph stated, like with Chris Paul out, like he was really championing that second unit. They need somebody that can that can facilitate, and I think we haven't really got to see Pajemski really get put into that role before. He's really just been a rebounder. He started in, in place of Wiggins. Um, so I think we actually might see a little uptick in assists, which I'm kind of excited for. I have him in a few spots. So, yeah, I think that this just seals the deal for him to be uh, a secured spot in that rotation. Now, I do – I wonder what they're going to do about their younger core because I think at this point with Draymond coming back eventually, like you can't put Kaminga back on the bench and you can't not play him 30 minutes, but – they got to trade him. They got to trade him and Moses Moody at this point. Like, just mm -hmm. move on with the – if you don't want to play your young guys, like, all Warriors fans are calling for Steve Kerr's head at this point anyway, so you might as well just lean into this veteran thing. Like, you don't you don't want to pay Clay. Well, whatever. Just ride into the sunset. Let's get this over with and go get, a, go get a player like Pascal Siakam that can raise your floor a little bit and stop toying with these young guys' development because I, I think at this point, like – why wouldn't you give Moses Moody minutes? He's better mm -hmm. than Andrew Wiggins is playing right now. Andrew Wiggins has reverted back to the Minnesota Timberwolves version of him. He's not playable. So at this point, I don't know. If you're trying to win games, you got to make a move. And I think Draymond Green getting him back will certainly help. But I don't, from a fantasy perspective, I feel like this is only something that's going to help Brandon Pajemski. Yeah. The Warriors are running out of time to start winning basketball games. You're 17 and 19. Uh, you're six and nine on the road, which we talked about on the show multiple times. Are they going to be a winning road team this year? They are not. Only teams they have better records than in the Western Conference, Spurs, Blazers, Grizzlies. Uh, yeah. Not what you expected here. So the end is coming. It is near in Golden State. Uh, we kind of talked about Toronto a little earlier. I'm going to double back to them here because Jacob Podol got hurt. And we were talking about, you know, Siakam uh, and Barnes. But uh, – Raphael, is it Thaddeus Young time, baby? It might be. Um, you know, it no hurdle for at least yeah, no hurdle for at least two weeks. Thaddeus Young started against the Lakers on Tuesday. Um, for some reason, someone asked. I don't mean to air this gentleman out, but someone asked me about <laughs> potentially picking up Chris Boucher. And like, no, no. Like, what have you seen over the last four or five years that would suggest that Chris Boucher <laughs> is worth counting on at this point? He, so Thaddeus Young, uh, he pulled up the line, 10 points, five boards, four assists, three steals, and one block shot in 29 minutes. Um, I don't think that's an unrealistic line for him to produce if they're going to continue with this lineup moving forward. So Thaddeus Young was rostered in less than 1% of fantasy leagues on Tuesday. That number, I assume that it spiked up a bit, and I wouldn't be surprised if it grew a bit more. It's up to 7% now, so... More, more likely you're going to look at other teams for options to replace Purdo's production, but 
I mean, if you're looking specifically at the Raptors, I think Thaddeus Young is a far better choice than Chris Boucher. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree there. Thaddeus Young's got to be one of Dan's throwback favorites, being a Sixers fan, right? <laughs> yeah, I was a, I was definitely a fan of Thaddeus. I think he, he he played his part. It was definitely time for him to move on to. I think he never really got better, but I always felt like he could be a player that could be on a contending team. Um, but I'm with Raph. I actually just picked up Thaddeus Young uh, earlier today in a 12-team league. I think he's going to – it's interesting because if you look at Boucher, he's like 21% rostered. And this dude got 14 minutes last night. People just want to believe in Chris Boucher so much. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, who's the football comparison to him? It's like, bro, he's not good. And I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm not a basketball player. But Mitch Trubisky. I'm just saying, <clears throat> this is the last <laughs> – this is this is the second regime where this dude is not getting consistent yeah. minutes. Like if he was making that much of an impression, he would be getting those minutes. Not Thaddeus Young. So mm-hmm. with Thaddeus playing twenty eight minutes and Raph reeled off his stats, man, like I think that's the guy you need to add here. And he also has dual eligibility, whereas Boucher only gets power forward. So that this is in Yahoo. So yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm Team Thaddeus Young here. He's uh, he's one of those guys that can kind of fill up the stat sheet, and he doesn't need more than 20 minutes to do it. So I'd much rather rely on him than Chris Boucher. I was also a Thaddeus Young supporter when he was in Chicago. He's uh, he's been around the league and back for sure. Um, but I wanted to read you. A, uh, a crazy stat. Yeah, he's all around great player. He's going to do points, rebounds, assists, get you some stocks. But uh, his last, so from 2010 to 2013, Dan, in Philadelphia, this man shot 34 three-pointers. His last year in Philly, 292 three-pointers shot. This man, never a three-point shooter. <laughs> they said, "Get him out of Philadelphia." Uh, so I thought that, that was must have been that was was that trust was that trust the process right before it right? Yeah, I think they, was he right was like before. one of the last ones yeah. to go before it was like, "All right, yeah. we got to blow this up because this is going." You guys were losing fast. by thirty on a night, and Thaddeus was yeah. like, "I'm a three-pointer mm-hmm. now. I'm a three-point shooter now." Him, Evan Turner, um, Iguodala, like bro, he just got a whole bunch of non-shooters on this floor right now with Jalil Okafor. Like, what is this roster? <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, you guys trusted the process, man, and it's all hey. worked out. Tons of championships. Nah, we, there's no, there's uh, no ring, but we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. We'll be getting there for the next few years too. But uh, <laughs> I'm done. All right, Raphael, uh, let's talk about the Miami Heat. They got a ring. They got no. Kyle Lowry, uh, he's joining Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin on the injury report. Davo versus the Thunder. The Thunder haven't been playing that great over the past week. Um, a guy like Josh Richardson, I must add, or is there anybody else on your radar? I don't know if I'd classify Jay Rich as a must add, but I think he's pretty close to it. Um, Lowry's out, Butler's out, Martin's out. You know, the, you still have Tyler here on Bam out of bio to serve as playmakers, but they're going to need someone else. And I think Josh Richardson can, can fill that role. Also get you some steals too. So I think he's someone to look at. I think, at this point, Jaime Hawkins Jr. should be rostered in just about all standard leagues. Um, if Duncan Robinson's kind of lurking on the waiver wire, I don't know why he would be, but that would be someone else. But I think in terms of someone who's readily available on the waiver wire, I would say Josh Richardson right now, only 11% rostered. So that would be the guy I would add right now. Must add, I don't know if I'd go that far, but pretty close. He's no Bismack Biamba or Duop Brief, right, Raphael? Yeah. Not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, what do you think? Uh, I like the names that that Raph threw out, but I'd actually 
I would actually go Kevin Love over all of those guys. He's 37% rostered, and I, I, I get it. The dude's old. He's 35, whatever. But, like, he's still doing what he normally does. He shoots mm-hmm. threes, he rebounds, and he scores. And without, you know, Highsmith, without Caleb Martin, without Jimmy Butler, he's going to continue seeing around 20 minutes, and that's all he needs to do to produce. So, like, I think in, in – in unison with uh, Josh Richardson, I think I'd also look at Kevin Love if you need if you need another player. Yeah, well, Kevin Love's a guy, man. Every time I watch him play with Miami, you could see he's enjoying the end of his career. Whether yeah. whenever it's going to come, he's having fun out there. He's playing. It's something I hope Clay Thompson uh, definitely finds. When we were talking about a little earlier, Clay Thompson and Steph probably, given how this year is going. But I like both the calls there, and uh, shout out to Kevin Love for the gray hair he's got going, a little silver fox esque. Hmm. I like it. Uh, let's talk about DeAndre Ayton and company. We talked about Duop Breath, Raphael, uh, but Ayton's sideline, Jabari Walker's sideline, Moses Brown's sideline. Uh, they lost to the Knicks. Go Knicks. Uh, mm-hmm. who's worth picking up here? <laughs> um, I think it's still Duop Breath. Um, he's the priority at he didn't play great against the Knicks, but overall, he's been pretty good recently. Ibu Baji. Um, I don't, I never thought I would be saying his name on this podcast, but. He played pretty well the other night, had a couple block shots. I I don't think, unless you're in like a 30-deep league, I don't think you're going to be rushing out to add Ibu Baji. But, I mean, the fact that he's on the radar says a lot about what he's done recently and also the state of that rotation just because yeah. of all the injuries. We don't know exactly when Aiton's going to be back. Brown's an extended absence deal because he had wrist surgery. Um, Walker... I don't think it's as bad as Aiton's situation, but he's also got like an undetermined timeline. So Duop Reith, might as well get him. I got him in a 30 deep league to begin the week. So yeah. <laughs> 30 deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, you gotta go 30 deep to pit to play to play somebody, Reith, man. That's somebody stuff. dropped him and, and I grabbed him immediately. So See, you're picking up good players like that. I'm picking up Sam Merrill because I'm just getting scraps like uh God, I got nothing. Yeah. You are you like competing anybody? in that league? Are, are you good in that one? Are you, are you actually yeah. like have a good spot? I, I'm competing. Right. This week has been hard because that Halliburton was my centerpiece. But Ooh. yeah, I've been doing pretty well. I'd like to see Jeremy yeah. Grant grab four rebounds in a game once, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what Portland does, man. That's another team I'm kind of watching here. Like Jeremy Grant doesn't really fit the timeline. Matisse Thybul's mm-hmm. been playing better. You know, Shaden Sharp, obviously, he's coming off the bench now since he's coming off his injury. But, like, I feel like they got pieces that they could move. You know, obviously, Malcolm Brogdon, too. But, yeah, I'm not rushing to add anybody on Portland right now. I think the last I read, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Cha- Chauncey Billups said that he could be joining them on their four-game road trip. So, we'll yeah. see he's when traveling. he returns. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's so traveling, that's a good but, sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> but I still wouldn't put it past, like, Ayton. I don't know. Aiden doesn't strike me as a guy that's like itching to come back for a losing squad right now. So who knows? Maybe you have some more (laughs) staying power of this duop wreath. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I can't speak to DeAndre Aiden as a person, but as a basketball player, I felt like being in a Portland S team and getting his bag uh, was probably a great situation for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't argue too much about getting paid and not doing much. So, um, but you know what I wish, guys? I wish that Purdue didn't lose last night because Purdue is going to be in rough tonight when they lose once again. You know why? Yeah. The reigning national player of the year, Kalen Cork, is 
continuing her incredible season. They take on Purdue tonight on Peacock. And Clark and Iowa, I mean, they've been one of the best teams. The Boilermakers are undefeated at home. So you got to watch this one and check out two of the hottest teams at 7.30 p.m. Eastern exclusively <clears throat> on Peacock. And I have no idea why sportsbooks don't have Caitlin Clark at women's props up because they would make a killing off of fools mm-hmm. like us probably. Uh, you just set up 34 and a half. And I'm like, yeah, she's like Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid. She getting them buckets. Mm-hmm. So, she pretty much is Luka, man. Like she's yeah. must see TV in terms of like yeah. her, how much her usage is and like her efficiency. Like she's crazy, man. And uh, I mean, there was, there's been a couple really, really, really special female basketball players the past few years, but mm-hmm. I feel like Caitlin Clark might uh, be the very top of that, might be at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to women's basketball right now. So I'll be tuned into that game, also watching Wisconsin-Ohio State men, which should be a good game. But let's talk about three players. R.J. Barrett, Walker Kessler, Zach Levine. Raphael, where do you want to start when it comes to selling these guys or buying some stock on these guys? I think I want to start with R.J. Barrett. Um, yeah. 30th and nine cat over the past week, according to basketball monster, he's never been that kind of fancy player, but let, let's be honest. The trade has been beneficial for both teams here and the players involved. Um, you get better fits for each of these players, you know, Barrett, he's not doing as much in isolation, uh, which is probably a good thing, you know, more cutting you know, more running around where he can just make quick decisions instead of trying to methodically attack a defense. I think that's been better for him. Um, But again, third round value, I'm not expecting that from him. So I think he would be a sell high for me personally. Yeah, definitely a very popular name after the trade too. So people are going to have their eyes on him and his new situation. Real quick before Dan Hobson, uh, from a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how happy are you with that trade? A week or two later now. Um, I'm giving it a nine. You know, I think <laughs> no, yeah, I, it's a OG's great he's been a great fit, you know, and I yeah. think RJ and, and Quick are, are in situations that are more beneficial to them too. So I'm not mm-hmm. one of those people who thinks you have to fleece the other team in a trade. I think the best trades are ones where everybody gets value. Uh, and I think that's what's happened here in, in New York and Toronto. Yeah, well said. Hard to screw that. Yeah, well said, Dan. Um, I'm actually holding RJ, man. I, I, I believe in it. I don't know, man. Like going back to Ontario, I feel like there's something about him having a chip on his shoulder saying like he, and I, I don't disagree with him. He made, he helped make the New York Knicks better. He he left it in a better place than it was when he got there. And so I feel like this is his chance to kind of showcase like what he can do as uh, a second, uh, I I would say he's like a two B to Siakam, because yeah. I think Siakam's yeah. numbers have definitely declined a little bit since he's coming over there with quickly. But I don't know, man. I feel like he just looks like he's playing differently. And I think it's for a lot of the things that Raph described, like just the situation that he's in and the style of play of Toronto may be more conducive to his skill set. Dude, I, I, he's rebounding better. He's mm-hmm. seen the ball. His facilitation's been better. And he's knocking down um, the open looks. And I think there's like a BS call at the end of that game where he got called for an offensive foul where like, he could have had another assist in there. So I don't know, man. Part of me feels like RJ Barrett might actually be legit with Toronto. And so uh, I dropped him on one team. I spent more money to go pick him up again. And unfortunately, I got him. 
and I'm holding him in another <laughs> spot, man. I'm 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 gonna die on this hill. I'm, I'm with RJ. This is this this is gonna be his best season yet, and I think getting into a new yeah. scenario, it's gonna work out well for him. I agree. I think that, yeah, over the past two years, you definitely saw the season by season improvement of RJ Barrett, and mm -hmm. I feel like at certain points this year, you start seeing a lot of things get put together, especially with the three point ball. And when that yeah. falls, he's a totally different player. So I'm in agreement. Cool. I would. Probably hold on to R.J. Barrett, but I'll say this. He's been overshadowed at most points of his career by somebody else, whether that was Zion in college, Julius Randle right away, then Brunson coming in. Uh, so he's never really had his chance to shine. So I hope everything does work out in his home country of Toronto, Canada, um, obviously. Canada's the country yeah. of Toronto. <laughs> Walker we'll, we'll Kessler. Say, one, 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 one caveat to that real quick. Um, Raf is right in selling him just off the fact that he's top 30. I'm yeah, not expecting that. And you're not going to yeah. get a top 30 player for R.J. Barrett ever. Can you expect but, top 50, Dan? No. No. No chance. But you could probably get like a – I'm trying to find the right person to trade, but like I just don't know what like, – no one wants R.J. Barrett. That's the other beauty about it. Like mm -hmm. you could probably find him on the streets for super cheap. But I think you could probably get like a top 75 person for him if he keeps this up, which I think is that, – that's that's fair. Yeah. 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 Walker Kessler, Rafael, how do you feel about him? He's uh, had a fifth round value in nine cat over the past two weeks. You know, I'm actually not too concerned. I know he's coming off the bench. I know some managers would prefer that he'd be starting, but Utah has been playing better basketball just because the offensive spacing has been better. Moving John Collins to the five now, they don't defend very well that, that starting unit, but the offense has been very good. Um, Kessler's still getting, you know, mid to high 20s in terms of minutes per game. And he does so much in terms of blocking shots. I think he's still going to be fine. So I think he's a hold for me. I don't think I would be selling him at all, personally. How about you, Dan? Would you be selling Walker Kessler off the bench? Selling his ass. You're gone. It's been too long. <laughs> like, well, he's You're not done? doing anything. He His, his <laughs> fantasy value, that – fifth round value you're talking about is spiked because he averages over two blocks a game other than that i'm good on eight rebounds and eight assists or eight rebounds and eight points like he's just not living up to the hype and honestly i'd rather have isaiah hartenstein right now than more hmm. and that's saying a lot that is saying a lot well, saying i got this lot. guy's team wrong last i mean week. <laughs> but he because isaiah's but, playing like mid 30s in minutes per game so I, of course i think but would, if i sent you that trade would you take it Right now, yeah, that, that's it because okay. you right. get thirteen, you get twelve, thirteen okay. more minutes per game of a guy who's a more a better uh, rebounder, you know, and he's blocking some shots as well and some facilitation. So yeah, of course I would take that deal. I'm just saying, I, I don't think I'm not off the, the Walker Kessler bandwagon. I know. Yes, I didn't expect that. Minutes so you like him mid, two man. Ago. I feel like, dude, like how's he? And this is the Will Hardy problem, right? Like, yeah. unless something happens, like if you trade Olenek, if you if you trade John Collins, who's also getting minutes at center, Raph is right. Like, they're winning games in their current format. I just think if they continue to do this, like, Walker Kessler isn't Walker Kessler yeah. unless he plays more minutes. Like, I didn't even see double-doubles, not I like mean, six and five and four blocks. Like, that's cool. I'll take the blocks. But you're pretty much getting Daniel Gafford at that point. Actually, Daniel Gafford's been even better. <laughs> um, but I'm just comparing it like yeah. you're a block specialist. Like that's really all you are. And I feel like you could probably sell him just off the name of what he was on last year or of like to sell the blocks. Hey, he's top 50. Like mm -hmm. I, I would, I'd be looking to move him. 
I would say this. We saw this from the Jazz last season where they were playing better than people expected. <laughs> and what did Danny Ainge do? He started <laughs> shipping people out the deadline. And and then, so I'm, I'm telling you, I, I would I like that call. That's, yeah, wait it out. I agree with that. You got a month. Now, if they don't move anybody, then, then you might be in a little bit of trouble. But I'm telling you, man, have some patience here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Raphael. Utah's definitely trading somebody. And Walker Kessler is definitely someone I'd be holding on to. How about Zach Levine, Dan? He's on the bench too, man. Yeah, Zach, he is on Zach, the bench. Hey, you uh you um, selling him? Uh I'm just praying for greener pastures at this point. I don't know what you can really trade for him because I think you know, he's having a down year comparatively to his last few seasons. Um, but I think you know what you can get with Zach Levine if he's in the motivated scenario. And I think the Kings, if that's on the table, I think is an interesting landing spot. I don't I don't think it doesn't sound like the Lakers are particularly interested in doing a swap. Um, he just needs a new environment. But I don't know that you can trade him right now, just given that fact that he's coming off the bench, coming off an injury. He doesn't look good thus far um just definitely not the level that we expect him to be so i think you hold for now and just hope that he goes to another situation if you can offload him i just feel like you'd be selling him too low um where it's not worth your time hey rafael i'll trade you zach levine for kobe white you in oh hell no <laughs> wait you don't what, what you do oh wait i i you're getting he's trading me levine for kobe Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no! I'm good on That's that. That's how crazy yeah. the seasons changed here in Chicago yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's it is. Kobe White season. Yeah, like yeah. The, the issue is Levine's contract. Like, mm -hmm. he's got like what three or four years left on it, so it's going to be difficult to find someone a, a willing trade partner on the the financials alone. And then it's like, how does he impact winning? You know, it, it, the Lakers have been brought up a lot, but is he a third star who's going to accept, you know, maybe a diminished role? I think so many people get caught up in the big three. They seem to ignore that a lot of these third stars, like a Chris Bosch, were willing to accept a smaller role in the name of winning. Mm -hmm. Will Zach do that? Or is it a win on my terms type of deal? You know, I think that's something that we're going to have to figure out here. You're kind of stuck if you have him rostered. You know, you can't drop him. But the trade value that you would get for him is minimal at best right now. Um, I think he played 36 minutes on Monday, so that minutes restriction may be gone. But even then, I think if you have a Patrick Williams on your roster, you're kind of hoping that Levine continues to come off the bench. But I don't think that's going to last much longer here. That was a great point know. about right. that. Um, the mm -hmm. sacrificing, I, I saw a, yeah. a clip of Drew Holiday talking about that about mm -hmm. how he's had to do it and like look at his fantasy value like he's 73rd yeah. and drew holiday is mm -hmm. way better than that um but some people just do it better the boston Celtics are one of the best teams in the nba yeah the chicago bulls are not so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if zach's zach's ever been in a position where he's had to sacrifice so like that's definitely no. a good point of like i don't know that i'd even necessarily want to buy into that no he the, the only time he's had a sacrifice is ball usage with DeRozan when he first got there. And there was yeah, yeah. multiple times, multiple times you can see on Zach Levine's face when yeah. DeRozan's taking the final shot, DeRozan hits a buzzer beater. Levine is not celebrating. He is not smiling. He's not throwing his hands up. He wants to be the man. And I've only owned three Bulls jerseys my whole life. The 45 Michael Jordan, as you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Derek Rose, and then Zach Levine. 
And uh, I got gifted the Zach Levine one. I'll throw it out there. But uh, I did not spend my own money on that. Literally, (laughs) I still can't decide if he's meant to be a superstar for the Charlotte Hornets and getting paid, making scoring 30 points per game, Uh, or if he's supposed to be that third or fourth scorer on a team sacrificing to win a championship. I don't know if Zach Levine has that in him, man. It's Um, a good point, man, because like I don't know that he's ever been put in a position to like I don't don't, like I think Minnesota was the first attempt at that, like clearly they weren't winning. Is he mature? Like, is he at that phase in his career where he's ready to just be the role player? And I don't know that. I don't know, man. Jury's out on that. But we do know he needs to get out of Chicago, and that's going to happen. So um, I'll be excited when he does. I'll root for wherever he does go. And uh, I'll root for wherever you guys are, too, which is uh, NBC Sports Shows on Amazon Music. Is that what I heard correctly, Raphael? Is that where we find all our favorite NBC Sports Shows? (laughs) That's right, ladies and gentlemen, on Amazon Music. Just head there, Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports. Work that promo in super easy, Raphael. Producing me have to switch the cameras. Uh, rest of the week 12 schedule before we get out of here, guys. Uh, only two teams playing one game this week, uh, the Nets and the Cavaliers. So stay away from those two teams. Um, Dan, where are we going with the teams that play two games, three games, back-to-backs? Uh, yeah, quite a few teams play three games to, to end the week. Some of the teams that I'd be looking at, though, um, the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I think Malik Beasley has been terrible as of late, but he kind of came, came out of his shooting rut last game. He plays on Tuesday. Uh, he plays on, excuse me, on Thursday and Saturday, which are pretty lighter slates, and they also have a back-to-back set on Sunday. So you're going to get to be able to – one transaction can get you three games for, for Malik Beasley. So I do like like him uh, to close out the week. Also, Lou Dort. Um He's got a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back, so he plays on against Portland on Thursday, and he also plays Orlando on Saturday. That's a tougher matchup, but I think Lou Dort is a guy that's been a you know a top eighty player over the last you know fourteen days. He's a guy that can can definitely step in there and get you some some production. Um, and then lastly, I would probably say a guy that's on my watch list is Chris Dunn. Part of this winning streak for the Utah Jazz has come in the fact that he's just been playing very meaningful minutes. He's been their their true point guard. Uh, his he's a stat stuffer always has been. He's a guy that I'm actually curious about with three games this week. Um Keontae George or for the rest of the week. Keontae George has also been playing well, but I think that that's probably more of an outlier. I think Will Hardy likes what he's seen out of Chris Dunn. So I think if you're looking for a guy that can give you um, low end points, probably like a three, some rebounds, assists, as well as steals. I, I would look at Chris Dunn. Man, a couple comments. I mean, I learned something new today that Chris Dunn's getting minutes in the NBA still. Did not know that was a thing. <laughs> um, and and uh, you took me back, Dan, for a second there. I cashed Malik Beasley over nine and a half points, parlayed with the Bucks to win against the Spurs. But then I took it a step farther for the no sweat parlay and did Jokic triple double. Dude finishes with nine rebounds because he hits a half-court mm-hmm. buzzer beater shot, so we don't go into overtime. And I'm Jeez. like, I had to sweat Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. I had to sweat Malik Beasley for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do like the call, man. Um, and by the way, that Bucks Spurs game, possibly the game of the year, Robin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, that was goodness. Yeah. That I was almost nice bought tickets to Celtic right Spurs there. for next week because mm-hmm. I was watching that. And I'm like, I might go to Boston. Uh, I still might. <laughs> but uh, so anyways. Who do you like, Rafael? Pick it up this week. Any teams on your radar? Um, we mentioned the Heat earlier. You know, they got three games the remainder of the week, so that will be one with Josh Richardson and also Dan. You know, mentioning Kevin Love. Minnesota plays. Uh, I can't recall. I think it's the second game of a back-to-back tonight. 
and Mike Conley has been ruled out. So Jordan McLaughlin, Shake Milton, I'm not whichever one starts could be worth a look as like a deep league streamer. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of hit on pretty much everyone in terms of you know that that value. Um, Brooklyn and Cleveland playing in Paris on Thursday, so obviously they're off the board in terms of fantasy. But I think if anything, you may be looking to see how the Nets handle not having Dayron Sharp. You know who who takes up those backup center minutes um, behind Nick Claxton. You know maybe Dorian Finney-Smith plays some center like a smaller lineup. See what happens there. So that's really all you're looking for from that game from those two teams. A lot of good points there. The NBA Paris game is going to be pretty exciting. The first ever time they're uh, they're playing in Paris. It's Thursday tomorrow, January the eleventh. Um, figure France is probably excited to get the Cavaliers and Nets, right? The exact two teams they wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, I think they get the Spurs next year. I must yeah. say, why would they not, you know, schedule the Spurs this year? Like I thought like that was a missed opportunity there. Yeah, maybe just to give them a year, you know, to or get Luka acclimated or the to the Nuggets. NBA. Because mm-hmm. either way, he's going to be under a lot of pressure when he goes back to France. Yeah, so sure, that may have come come into play there. But yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. You know Spurs. who's the most mad? They're not playing in the Paris game. Mm-hmm. Killian Hayes and the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, the league did it last year. That. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, yeah. Producers, the Pistons were in there last year. We know they'll never be in there again. We uh, we remember. <laughs> Uh, everyone in the world bet on Killian Hayes over, I think, six and a half or seven and a half points, and the dude threw up a dud. We're like, bro, <laughs> like it's the only time we're ever betting on Killian Hayes. Um, Jesus. But do you guys do you guys have uh, younger brothers, younger siblings at all? Got an older one. Got an older one. Okay, so I'm the oldest. Uh, I have four: two younger brothers, mm. two younger sisters. Right. Sheesh. Um. Yeah, I know. I was the example child. It sucked. Uh, but I, uh, I'm trying to decide whether to be a big brother, man. So my, my brother, Alex lives in Boston and, uh, he has off school to the 22nd and didn't get him anything for Christmas. Cause I'm a good big brother. Uh, he didn't get me anything by the way, but I was going to buy him tickets. No, I'm the pettiest. I was going to buy him <laughs> tickets for Wembenyama visiting the Celtics, uh, next Wednesday night. There are 150. And my younger brother said that he would go too. Um, if I paid for the other brother's ticket, because obviously he didn't want to pitch. So should I should I spend one fifty two hundred, drive up to Boston six hours, seven hours, and go watch Wemby play the Celtics? I would do it. You would do it? Yeah. I'd, I'd do it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a nationally televised game? It should be. It is nationally televised, so yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. could watch it from home, but yeah, I'm thinking this is a real opportunity, guys, because that game against the Bucks was literally one of the most special games, I feel like, a very season games, I'll point that out, that I've saw in so long. I mean, Wemby behind the back in transition with the yam, off the backboard with the yam. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. All right, mm-hmm. Rafael, I'll buy him. I'll buy him. Man. Yeah. Just buy him. Uh, Just buy him. Yeah, yeah. Go Blue. Michigan paid me, so uh, I'll, I'll pay myself. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Pay it for the favor. There you go. Um, any lasting thoughts, gentlemen, before we get out of here on the show? Rafael, I'll leave with you because I know your brain's working. Um. No, I, I think we've kind of hit on everything. Um, got a couple 10-game days to end week 12, uh, Wednesday and Friday. Then Martin Luther King Day on Monday is usually a busy day in the NBA as well. So mm-hmm. that'll be a good way to kick off week 13. Yes, MLK Day is going to be huge in the NBA. Uh, Dan, anything for you? No. Nah, um, 
I got nothing. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm feeling like raft, man. I feel like it's it's wind down switching, mode, man. Switching roles today. It's all right. I'm staying the same, guys. Uh, but no, great show as always. Again, make sure you guys do check out all of Dan and Raphael's work. Dan on Yahoo Sports, Raphael on NBC Sports, especially with MLK Day coming up. I'm sure these two are going to be busy uh, when the rest of us are going to be chilling at the cookout. So hopefully you guys get some cookout yeah. time. Uh, for yourselves, but Raphael Johnson, nice. <laughs> and produce Adam Wise. We hope you guys get invited to the cookout. And if you have a cookout there, Raphael, invite the man. He's working hard. Uh, enjoy the games, everybody. We'll see you next week.